Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. So excited to have you here with us today on this Wednesday. What a fun show we've got. My buddy Chris Edwards from the Blue Devil Network back with us. He's here to talk all things Duke women's basketball. It's basketball season after all. i got to let it get in thought. Uh, from him on Coach K's season as well. Going to be a lot of fun to discuss everything going on around the sport of basketball there on the campus of Duke University. My name is JJ Jackson, the host of this podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils for all your show updates. Make sure you subscribe and follow Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast. Joining us now, Chris Edwards from the Blue Devil Network. Hey, Chris, it's been a minute. JJ, good to be back with you as always. I was thinking about this podcast the other day. I'm like, man, it's been a while since I talked to JJ, and here you are. Good to good to be back with you, and I'm talking all things Duke women's basketball. I'm glad you were thinking of me, Chris. That makes me feel well. I, I love following the timeline to see all the Duke athletic events that you're getting to cover and uh, other places across the state as well that are asking for Chris Edwards' services. I know that they're always – that's always a good call. When Chris Edwards gets the call. That's kind of you to say. Uh, I'm joking with people. I have a voice. I'm going to travel. Uh, (laughs) And just lucky to be be busy again. You know, for so long, we uh, we didn't have sports. You know, I think back 2020, even parts of 2021, or or maybe we didn't have all these events. And just good to be busy, good to be closer to normal uh, than we were maybe this time last year. Let's catch up to speed, okay? We're talking about the Stuke women's basketball team. The last time we spoke, Chris, we were two games into conference play. We have way more data, way more sample size, everything all across the entire conference. Duke has had some games uh, that have been awesome to watch and others not so much. They've had heartbreaking losses. They've played really well for stretches and that sort of thing. How would you sum it all up? Uh, a work in progress, I think, is is the way I'd sum it up. An incomplete is probably the best way to sum it up right now. I mean, look, we're down to the final two weeks of the regular season. Duke's got four games left in the regular season against Virginia on Thursday, uh, Clemson Sunday, both on the road. Then a, a tough game against a really good Boston College team next week, and then they wrap up the regular season at the end of February at North Carolina. Um Look, it's been up and down. You 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 know, everybody who watches it knows it's been kind of an up and down year. I think a lot of that, J.J., is because Duke's not been able to have a lot of consistency in their lineup. You know, you look at some of the injuries. So, Les Taylor missed a month. I think she missed seven games with that injury. Um, and then the, the COVID stuff. I mean, there were 11 consecutive games, J.J., where Duke was missing at least one student athlete due to health and safety protocol, injury, suspension, whatever it was, 11 consecutive games without being complete. Uh, Duke's on, to this point, and we're playing Virginia tomorrow night, to this point in the season, Duke has only played 14 games where they've had their full complement of student athletes available. Wow. They're 11 and three in those games with the three losses coming to South Carolina. The last time I looked, it's right. daggone good. Uh, to Florida State, who's playing really well, their loss to Miami on Sunday notwithstanding, and to NC State. And also NC State is the best team in our conference, right? So you've lost three games to three really good teams. I think it's interesting to see how the committee views this moving forward because Duke's now at full strength. And knock on wood when we say this, that that no more COVID issues or or things of that nature. But 
you look at teams, and I'm, I'm not going to pick on anybody. I'm just using Georgia Tech as an example, right? Right. Georgia Tech went on a COVID pause. They postponed two games, three games, whatever it was. They had six at, six student athletes, seven, whatever the number was. That's inconsequential. But they had a large number of student athletes that that contracted COVID, and they're better now. But they were able to, to pause those games, to pause their program, let everyone have the virus, and then get back to back on track. And they've made these games up. They're playing the three game weeks, whatever. Duke's not had any of that. Duke's not had any COVID pauses, right? The only time Duke's had COVID pauses is because the game's been postponed with their opponent. So fortunately, Duke's not been able, not has not had any sort of big COVID stuff going through them. But they've not been able to have everyone get it and then move on from it, right? So it's been like one player here, one player there. One coach here. I mean, obviously, Kara missed a couple of games with, with the virus, too. So I think that's interesting to see how the committee is going to view that. Now that Duke is whole, now that Duke's got their full complement of, of players, how do they respond down the stretch? I mean, obviously, this is a big week. I mean, look, Duke's probably got to go 2-0 and here against Virginia and Clemson. You can't have any catastrophic losses if you want to punch your ticket toward the postseason. Uh, and I think a big thing, too, and Kara talked about this with me at the radio show on Monday night, is chemistry. I mean, 14 games that these players have played together. Sure, they practice together every day, right? But but it's hard when you're playing against an outside opponent and you've only gone against their scheme or, or an opponent's scheme or what they want to do to you right. 14 different times. And you've only done it, what, th- three or four times during ACC play? I mean, it, it's tough. It's really, really tough. I think this team is starting to peak at the right time. Karen and I talked about it Monday. I and I fully believe it. The best basketball this team is still ahead of them. Look, you, you've got the, the two weeks left in the regular season, and then you go to Greensboro, and anything can happen in Greensboro as good as this league is this year. I mean, I, I've told you before, I think this is one of the deepest leagues in the country, one of the deepest that I've seen ACC women's basketball in my six or seven years uh, covering the sport. So, look, I'm encouraged. There, there have been some tough losses, sure. Uh, I think we all realize that. I mean, the Florida State loss was heartbreaking. You feel like you did some good things against NC State uh, this past Sunday. Uh, look, state shot lights out. They what, what, 11 of 12 in the fourth quarter, 19, they, you know, they made nine of their last 10 or something like that. I mean, look, they're really good. They're really veterans. Um, the Louisville loss was tough. Blue Devils were right in that game too at, at Louisville. So yeah, there, there are some things Duke's got to clean up. And this is kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but you, you look at the slow starts, the turnovers. I mean, these are all just things that, that need to improve for Duke. The turnovers have improved. Duke only turned it over 10 times against NC State on Sunday. They're forcing more turnovers. The start was horrendous against Florida State on Thursday, two for their first 19, uh, and then the third quarter and the fourth quarter execution too. So th- there are things to clean up. It's an incomplete, but but I think the answer to your question, JJ, it's still a work in progress, but I am confident that the best basketball for this team is still ahead of them as we get into late February and March. Yeah, I think the summation of it all being a work in progress is probably a good way to look at it, at least from the outside looking in. It's been fun to kind of see the highlights hmm? from afar, the bright spots, like, wow, they're really competing with some of the Titans in the conference and that sort of thing. And it's a sign of uh, possibly some good things to come. I want to talk a little bit more about the specifics, some individual performances to highlight in just a moment. But let's take a quick break here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Today's show today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that I'm always raving about. We talk about New Year's resolutions, wanting to keep them right, getting fit, and eating healthier. And Built Bar has helped me do that here so far in 2022. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate every morning. Grab and go. Makes you feel amazing. A lot of energy to get throughout the day. As most built, most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 
and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You're making the best decision when you go with Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at Built.com. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, for 15% off. Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. All right, continuing along here with Chris Edwards from the Blue Devil Network, talking all things Duke women's basketball today as a couple of bright spots so far this season individually. Let's go back to Sunday, though. You're playing a top-five team in the country against NC State. This is a team that Duke already saw earlier in the season back in January where the Blue Devils lost by 12 there in Raleigh. They have a four-point lead or something at halftime. You're feeling really great about what they've been able to do. But then uh, to me, it just seemed like, hey, credit to NC State. You mentioned missing only one shot the entire fourth quarter. Were there any other positive takeaways that you could have from uh, the game on Sunday? Oh, sure. I think there's a lot of positive takeaways, JJ. I mean, I pulled up the box score while we're sitting here talking because I got to remind myself. Yeah. Um, I thought the first half was probably the best half of basketball Duke's played in a month. Um, and Kara talked about how they got off to a better start. We talked about it a second ago, that horrendous start against Florida State. They were better in, in the first quarter. I mean, they were 7 of 16. Uh, I thought the second quarter, they played really good defense. They held NC State to just six points. But you look back, they probably could have done a little bit more offensively. They only scored 12 points. Again, credit to NC State, but you could have pulled away a little bit there. Then I thought in that third quarter, I mean, things just kind of got away from them a little bit. They went – Six minutes and didn't score, but positives. Yeah, I think there are a lot of positives. I mean, yeah, two in double figures. Lexi Gordon continues to play really well. She's now scored in double figures, I think, in five of her, out of her last six games. Uh, how impressive has Cheyenne Day Wilson been this year for Duke? My goodness, my goodness. I mean, three time ACC freshman of the week. If she does, she should have been at four times, right? Here nor there. Uh, if she doesn't win rookie of the year, it, it's the biggest travesty in the history of the award, right? I, I think Duke's getting better play. From their post, too, I mean, you look at what Jade and Anime did, you combine their numbers, I think they went for something like 15 points and 10 rebounds on Sunday against NC State. That's got to be a confidence booster going against one of the best post players in the country, and Elisa Kunain. Uh, look, there are a lot of positives, and, and this team is um, this team is trending in the right direction. I think we have to remember that this is still a team with nine new players. We talked about consistency. They haven't had their whole roster available to them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – yeah, I think it's frustrating in a way, but it's encouraging in a way, too. I mean, Duke's been right there, you know, right, right there. And you look at the future and what Kara and his staff have built, what they're bringing in. I'm excited. I really am. I'm really excited about Duke women's basketball in the future. And, look, I'm not going to discount this season and say that it's a throwaway. This team's not going to make a run because I think they can. I mean, you know, we saw it in, in, with the baseball team using a different sport. but. Right. Like, they were dead in the water last year. Then they won 12 straight games at the end of the regular season and in the ACC tournament and won the whole daggone thing. You know, I'm not saying Duke can't do that because they can. They, look look what they did in the first half. I mean, that that is the best half they've played probably in a month. And, and look, everything was going in. They got some good looks in the second half too, but sure, they go in. That's basketball, you know? Chris Edwards, Blue Devil Network, joining us here on the program, talking about the Stuke women's basketball team. Shade Wilson, someone I want to ask. Yeah. a little bit more about. Obviously, this past week, two tough losses for the Blue Devils. We mentioned NC State. We mentioned Florida State. Shea's getting some love on SportsCenter for a crazy play at the end of the game versus Florida State where the Blue Devils are down by a bucket. She makes a shot from the corner. 
but her foot was out of bounds. And so that's heartbreaking as it is, but you mentioned three times already been the freshman of the week for Duke and a likely candidate to be uh, the rookie of the year in the conference. What's been the most impressive part of her game or just kind of describe her, how she's developed throughout the year. Yeah. Kara and I talk about her all the time and Kara had a great anecdote at the radio show a couple of weeks yeah. ago, about being a freshman point guard. Uh, and it was funny because, you know, obviously Kara played for Pat Summit, who's a legendary head coach. And Kara, in her first game starting as a point guard, turned it over seven times in the game and thought Pat was going to take her out. And Pat was just like, no, no, I'm not, not taking you out. Kind of the same thing with Chai. I think Chai turned it over five or seven times in her first start and Kara didn't take her out in just building the confidence, right? And you can just see Shy playing with so much more confidence now. She knows the system. She knows the plays. And it's been tough for her as a point guard trying to learn the system with so many different players being out. But, man, she's so explosive offensively, too, J.J. You know, you, you look up, and this is against uh, Wake Forest. I think she scored like uh, 26, 28, right. something like that. Um, and, and you know, look up. She's kind of just like petering along. She's got like 10 or 12 points, right? And then you look up again, and you're like, holy smokes, she's got 22, <laughs> just, just like that. You know, and the, her creativity, the way that she can penetrate, the way that she can go in amongst those taller players, she'll drive to the hoop, she'll get fouled. She can obviously step back, hit the three. But I've been really impressed with her defense, too, the way that she's come along defensively as a freshman. Uh, she's been a stalwart for the Blue Devils on that end of the floor. Kara's talked about it, too. Her weak side defense has really improved. Uh, look, she's going to be a special – she already is a special player – but she's going to be one of the more special players to come through Duke women's basketball, I think. Now, long way to go, some high praise, sure, but uh, I'm really excited about the future with her leading this Duke offense, Uh, and she's just fun to watch. If you haven't come out to see the Blue Devils this year, come to Cameron uh, a week from Thursday and and see them against Boston College. Come to Greensboro for the conference tournament. Uh, It's worth the price of admission to, to watch her play. Yeah, we're getting to the last portion of the season here with Duke women's basketball. Three out of the last four games will be played away from Cameron Indoor Stadium, but obviously that Boston College game is one to uh, be on the lookout for the last home game of the season. Give me another player. Give me one player to highlight here, Chris, outside of Shea Day Wilson. I feel like I always see from the outside looking in, knowing that she's not the known commodity within Duke women's basketball being one of the newcomers. Who else is deserving of some praise for their play this season? A lot of people. I mean, you look at what Lexi Gordon has done. I mean, we mentioned it earlier. She scored in double figures like in five of her last six games or something like that. She's made four four threes now for the third consecutive season and playing really good for the Blue Devils is one of those stretch players. She can be the three, can she can be the four. Kind of the same thing with Elizabeth Balagoon. Balagoon's starting to turn it on a little bit after those 20-point games earlier in the season. Kind of hit a lull, now getting going again, too. Uh, but I, I think the other one you got to highlight is Celeste Taylor. Um, Celeste obviously missed those seven games with the injuries, but but she just makes the Blue Devils go. I mean, e- even if she she scored seven points against NC State, but it's just the threat of having Celeste out there. I mean, she's one of the better defenders on the team. She's an encourager. She's just a leader, and it's different when she's out there. It allows the Blue Devils to get in transition a little bit better. They can get back on transition defense better too. So I, I think that that Celeste Taylor is one of those players you got to highlight. She's kind of the the heart and soul of this team and just one of the leaders. And Duke certainly missed her when she was out of the lineup for those seven games. Chris Edwards of Blue Devil Network joining us here on the program. All right, before our last break, I do want to touch on this as well. It's something that's uh, obviously so near and dear to many, so big for the sport. And I'm curious your perspective on all of this, uh, working with the program and that sort of thing. But obviously, uh, as we get later into basketball season, not only on the men's side, Uh, The Jimmy V week obviously gets a lot of attention and 
something that hits close to home for me, as I've discussed on this program and with you, Chris, a number of different times, my two battles with cancer and that sort of thing. The women's game also does a really good job with their We Back Pat Week that they do throughout the season uh, all across the conference, KL being one of the titans in the sport. You see pink jerseys all the time, which are kind of cool to see. It might throw you off a little bit as to which team in particular you're watching. But the uh, idea for the sport and, and Carol Lawson having played for Pat Summit and that sort of thing, to know that there are so many bigger things than basketball out there from your vantage point, What's that like, Chris? Yeah, really cool. And especially the, the play for K games that the ACC has done. I mean, and look, Duke was able to do their, their pink game, their, their play for K game uh, against NC State uh, this past Sunday, which is really neat. Obviously, I, Coach Al did so much for women's basketball as a whole in North Carolina for the sport, but particularly at NC State. Right. And to, to be able to, to to have known Coach Al, very small. I mean, we right. – to be able to cross paths with her late in her coaching career and, and just to be able to, to say that, yeah, I got to meet coach out a new coach out, just not a better person out there. And what the KL cancer fund has done to raise awareness for breast cancer and cancers in general among women and women's sports. You mentioned it being, you know, some bigger than basketball. It's about being part of something that's bigger than yourself. Um, and just really neat to see how that's grown. Look, NC State does a phenomenal job with it. I think NC State's now played like in three straight pink games. <laughs> uh, it comes with the territory, I guess. Right. Uh, but but just all just it's so fulfilling and rewarding to see you know basketball teams and sports teams and communities give back, and that's what this is all about. And it raises awareness that needs to be raised. Um, and I'm just thankful that we're all part of it in a small way. And thankful for Coach Yao's legacy. And I think it means a little bit more. Um, it certainly means a lot more to NC State because right. she's been there for so long. But I think for those of us who, who work at Duke and maybe North Carolina and the rest of the triangle for sure, it means a lot to the whole con- the whole conference and the whole country. But if you're in the triangle and you, you compete with these teams on, on a day-in, day-out basis, it's just a little extra special because we're all down Tobacco Road together, you know? I see clips that Coach Lawson puts on her social media platform I think it's like at Carol Lawson 20 on Twitter give her some love there and go follow the Duke women's basketball coach but a number of different times she's referencing her days playing for Pat Summit who was legendary in her own right I mean the greatest women's basketball coach in the history of the sport and uh, Gina Ariam has certainly entered that category himself but but how often does Carol Lawson bring up lessons maybe that she's learned from Pat Summit yeah I think she you know I, I don't know that she brings up Pat all the time I, right I think- I think it's things she's derived from Pat. Obviously, she's had a long coaching career or learning career in basketball, you know, playing for Pat Summit, working with Brad Stevens at the Boston Celtics, too. So I think Kara has been able to piece a lot of things together from some of the best basketball minds. Uh, So I ask her about Pat every now and then on the radio show, and she'll give me a fun anecdote or something like that. But but I don't know that that, that in her day-to-day life that your team every day that, that, hey, Pat told me this. Sure. Um, and and I, th- I think that the players now certainly know who Coach Summit is and was and the impact she had on basketball. But I'm not sure that, that Coach Summit maybe resonates with the 18 to 22, 23-year-olds now like she does uh, people of our generation, uh, our age, uh, because we, we lived it. We, we were alive and watching women's basketball when Pat was doing these great things at Tennessee. We watched Kara play. We watched all of those great teams that, that they had. And then to see you know Pat lose her battle, uh, that she, like she did with with dementia and all the other stuff that that went on with it. I mean, it's re- really tough. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like to ask her about it because I, I think it's just neat to hear some of those stories and, and she'll, she'll humor me sometimes with, with a good Pat story, a Pat summit story, but, but yeah, I don't know that maybe it, it, she is talking about lessons she learned from coach. Um, but I'm not sure that she says, Hey, Pat told me this or Pat right. told me that, you, you know what I mean? But, but I think that, that Pat's always there just because Kara learned from her for so long and got, learned so much from her. So I, I think that Pat's always going to be part of Kara and her coaching philosophy. All right. It's Chris Edwards joining us here from the Blue Devil Network. Again, Duke women's basketball, three of the last four home games being played away from Cameron Indoor Stadium. Let's take our last break of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. There's no more football being played after we saw the Super Bowl come to a close this weekend. But BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on as we continue to move forward this sporting season. From points scored, player performance props, to where the next firing coach is going to land, and a whole lot more, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all things basketball betting in 2022. Whether it's college or pro hoops, BetOnline has you covered. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Wrapping up our conversation today with Chris Edwards from the Blue Devil Network, talking all things Duke basketball. All right, let's stay on the women's side of things. I know we briefly touched on this at the start, but to circle back to you, Chris, four games left in the regular season and then the ACC tournament coming up. I know it's so hard to have you be a bracketologist, as you mentioned, laying it out. How in the world do you measure teams that have gone through different protocols and that sort of thing and, and injuries, yada, yada, what we go through every year with the addition of COVID this season. Sure. What do you think sort of that NCAA tournament outlook looks like for Duke and, and what would really help? I mean, obviously winning all four of your final games would really help your sure. cause, but, but what does it look like moving forward for this Duke team to really have a shot in March? Yeah, I mean, uh, Super Bowl just ended, right? So, and, and I, <laughs> I was thinking about Al Davis the other day. Uh, just win, baby, and it's all you got to do. Just win. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, you got. I think Duke has to win the two games this week. They, they've got to beat Virginia. They've got to beat Clemson. Uh, both teams are, are struggling a little bit, but Clemson just took Georgia Tech to the wire at Little John uh, this past Sunday. Went took them to overtime. Um, so they got to win those two games, and then you go into a really challenging final week of the regular season. The Boston College game to me feels kind of like an elimination game. Maybe I, I think Boston college is very much on the bubble. Now I think Duke, as we enter the final two weeks of the regular season, Duke is firmly in the tournament. I mean, they, they are, they've got some quality wins. They have no bad losses. You know, we talked about this, this time of year, what are your bad losses? What are your quad one wins? What are your quad four losses? Right. That kind of thing. I don't get into all that. I know Duke's got a really high net ranking, which I guess is the metric that's replaced the RPI. Uh, when I looked, and, and I'll look again later today, when I looked last earlier this week, Duke was in the, the 30s, I think like 39, 38, something like that. So the net is high enough. That's uh, a good spot to be in. Yeah, yeah, really good spot to be in because they played a really challenging schedule, right? right? The ACC does that. They have no bad losses. All of their losses are to teams that are ranked or should be ranked. I mean, I think Virginia Tech should be ranked. I don't understand. Right. How they're, they're not ranked, but that's, that's beyond me. Um so all of their losses are to good teams that are probably going to make the NCAA tournament. Sure. Uh, so you're, you're in a good spot. But that being said, can't lose this week. And then you got to win, I think, one next week, whether it be Boston College or North Carolina. Be nice to win both. Sure. Uh, and then you might need to get one in Greensboro to feel really good about it. 
I think if Duke takes care of business this week with Virginia and Clemson, and then they win one or two next week against North Carolina, Boston College, they can lose the first game in Greensboro and still be in. Now, you may not be the seed you want. I don't think the Blue Devils are going to jump up and, and snag a five or six seed. I think right. they're going to be somewhere in the seven, eight, nine seed range, uh, which is tough because you're on the road playing a one or two seed in round two in their home building, but you're in the tournament. And, and I think for, for this team to be able to be in the tournament uh, and what is essentially CARE's first real season, uh, because they obviously didn't play right. a full campaign last year, to be able to be in the tournament uh, in her first year and experience the postseason, such for this younger roster, it's going to pay dividends moving forward because the reality is this is the ground level with this program, and it's only going to go up from here. Uh, the future is bright. Uh, I encourage everyone to hop on the bandwagon now because uh, it's going to be really fun to watch this team uh, moving forward. It's fun to watch them now, but it's going to be even more fun to watch them in a couple of years. Look, I'll keep saying it, and I'll shout it to the rooftops. Being on this bandwagon for Duke women's basketball is the best. I really love what Carol Lawson's doing with this program. And the best part of all of it is you turn on the Duke Blue Devils app, you click listen live to a women's basketball game, and you hear the pipes. You just heard a moment ago from Chris oh, Edwards man. talking. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, all right, the before we get out of mail, here. JJ. I know. <laughs> before we get out of here, Chris, I want to talk uh, about this Duke men's basketball team as well. And, look, I just got to start here. How awesome was it from your perspective watching Mike Krzyzewski walk into the Dean Smith Center for the final time and walk away the big winner? That yeah, was? pretty pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, you can't write stories like that. I mean, we were with a, we had a baseball thing that yeah. had our baseball banquet, so to have a bunch of Blue Devils together watching the game was a lot of fun. I mean, it's been a lot of fun to, to, to see these moments for one last time for a coach. Um, it, it's, I think we've all had a hard time, like, wrapping our brain around the fact that this is the last time of this. Last yes, time we have. Um, and we're down to the final two or three weeks of the regular season for the men, too, and then they're going to head to Brooklyn for the conference tournament. And, and I think it's – I mean, we all know it's coming, right. but it's just like we, we don't know it's coming. Like, I don't think we're all ready for that shock, that reality of, hey, when, when the season opens next November, coach isn't going to be there. You know, he's not going to be on the sideline. And, look, I think that John Shire is going to do a phenomenal job. He's already done a great job in recruiting, and he, nothing's not going to skip a beat at all with the men's right. program. Uh, but it's just going to be different, you know, and I'm just uh, it's fun to, to have a not a front row seat, may, maybe a, a middle row seat. Right. You're in the building uh, watching this run for the Blue Devils. And you certainly hope that Duke can find a way to to win one for coach here uh, as he finishes up what's been just a phenomenal career. Chris, good catching up with you, man, as always. And uh, let's break some news. Chris Edwards back on the podcast with us tomorrow. Wow. And, uh, we're going to talk a little Duke baseball as well. Getting ready for the season to start this weekend. Well, I tell you what, everybody is just glutton for punishment this yeah. week. It's been excited to talk a little Duke baseball tomorrow, JJ. Thanks for That's having awesome. Me Absolutely. Absolutely. That's Chris Edwards joining us here on Locked on Blue Devils. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Chris underscore underscore Edwards. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out our Locked on ACC podcast. Make that your second listen of the day here today. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.